What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. We are back from hiatus. We've got a lot going on tonight, but most importantly, Ivan, how was Disneyland with the boys? I just realized I totally forgot to. I've got ears somewhere around this house, oh. but not in my office. Uh, but. <laughs> Huge thank you. You said hiatus. Really, it was vacation. So thank you to our viewers for giving me a week off. Uh, got to take the kids to Disneyland for three days for their fifth birthday. We wanted to do a little bit of a blowout type thing since their sixth birthday. They should have a sibling along for the ride. So this was kind of their <laughs> big, like, your your final uh, your final time being alone together as twins <laughs> so thank you everybody that they had a blast they loved it they, they'd been before so they were a little prepped but we'd never done a multi-day so cool. they were absolutely by by were day they troopers three, they were troopers uh they were incredibly well behaved uh Great. one of them went on guardians of the galaxy with me sorry nice. we'll get to the show in just a minute but uh, google guardians of the galaxy the ride on youtube sometime tomorrow when you're shipping you know on saturday rob okay i didn't expect what it was and probably traumatized my son for life <laughs> but he did not cry maybe probably that sounds about right is space mountain still a thing Space Mountain's still a thing that there's like four rides that my kids no matter what weren't tall enough for and okay. Space Mountain was one of them. Yeah. It's like 48 inches. Same with the Incredicoaster, which is at California Adventure, which does like a loop-de-loop. -loop. Um, but yeah, I don't recommend taking a four or a five-year-old on the Guardians. I mean, I here's the thing. I was like freaking out. <laughs> it's like a it's like a 200-foot drop in sheer darkness. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they shut the, the yeah, it's it's in fact, actually, I don't even know how, how tall it is. But yeah, all that to say, thank you, everybody, for letting me go on a little vacation. We're back with an incredible show today. Yeah, all we'll of put our this batteries back recharged. on the rails right now. If you guys are joining us for the first time, no, we don't talk about Disneyland on every show. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. <laughs> that guy, if you don't know him, you'll love him. Ivan Lovegren. Um, we're glad to be back. Thanks for hanging out with us for a couple hours tonight. We've got a big show planned for you. We've got a lot of hobby stories to cover. Um, a lot, uh, to go over, um, because so everything thing, that Rob. broke when we were off is still timely. <laughs> so I don't want to gloss over it. Yes, Ivan. I just want to, I just got to wrap it up because I hadn't Googled it until now. So the biggest drop is 131 oh, feet. But here's where they tall. get you. Here's where they get you. Three of the stories in the building are underground. So when you first get in, the first drop is actually further than you think you can go. So that's in the dark. They shoot you up like maybe 40 or 50 feet, but then they drop you 80 feet. And you're like, wait, why am I still dropping? And you can sense it. That's how wow. they get you. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yes. Um, so a couple couple things uh first and foremost we have i want to i want to tackle we've got some prizes with, that we have to address right here right now because uh, there was a rollover prize that someone wanted to pay it forward to an nxt fan so we did something special on twitter so announcing that tonight the winner of the sare auto from our twitter retweet 
show us your NXT collection is C M X 97 C E E congrats M X 97. Uh, so, um, name address, uh, what you want to our show address, go GTS live at go GTS.net. Uh, two, we have still have two people that haven't claimed their prizes from the Twitch break that we did a little while ago. First up was mini box two of star Wars masterwork that had this awesome stamp relic in it. And that goes to space cadet YT space cadet YT. And then the commemorative medallion of Jack Jack Porkins goes to the real Neil 23, the real Neil 23. So you two Twitch winners email us at the show address, go GTS live at go GTS.net with a screenshot of your logged in Twitch account, please. Okay. And then Ivan, the the two biggest hits, from National Treasures Racing. Stunned. Unclaimed. So we have the Denny Hamlin Auto Jumbo Tire Swatch booklet card and the Ryan Blaney Patch Auto one of one. Wow. All right. So we just gave, we're giving two hits away and we haven't even done anything yet. So two winners. So we've given away three things without doing anything, and we've got two extra bonus winners. Now, I'm not going to draw the winners yet, but listen, you're watching the show now. You're in here early. That means you're probably one of our regular viewers, unless you somehow just stumbled on the show for the first time in your life, in which case, welcome. Uh, All of you are going to get the bonus chance to win those two cards only by going to our Twitter account right now, twitter.com slash live and retweeting the tweet that's up there that just has the show the show link. So we don't have the live on Periscope anymore, which kind of sucks. Uh, but to make up for that, go out there and retweet the show link. It's the most recent tweet, and that will enter you to win one of those two hits. We'll draw the winners and announce the winners at the end of the show at the same time as all the others, but those winners will be pulled exclusively from that tweet so make sure you retweet that. Tell your friends to come watch. Come get in on the show. I mean, did, we've got some incredible boxes tonight, including two high-end football. They're medium-end, but pushed to high-end, I'd say, by the market and what it's done. Football boxes. So remember, we get those things because of viewers, because the companies see what you guys do. GTS sees all of the engagement from all of you. So share it with a few extra friends. Keep the good stuff coming. And, and while you're the- on that Twitter oh, page... Go ahead. Oh, I was Wait, just going to push them back no, to the poll. Not, you got not, no, not yet. Yep. I and I also wanted to point out one more time what a great community, a hobby community on Twitter. But what a crap platform. You mentioned about Periscope. <laughs> you know, I did a deep dive into Twitter broadcasts, which is what replaced Periscope. But they did. They were so not forward thinking with broadcast because you still can't stream to broadcast at least as of right now from another source so i hope they fix that twitter 
if you guys are listening, well, they've been so focused that. on they've been so focused on like spaces and communities and those things that they're missing one of the things. I mean, Periscope video, video. Like, remember video? <laughs> remember, remember when Periscope was just like 15 seconds, but it was like a thing, like it was its own whole platform, and it was super right. hot. And people loved it. Um, hey, so check this out though in Twitch which is my preferred uh, stream platform of choice now because I get to see the fun talks. Space Cadet YT just gifted a sub to someone in the community after nice. winning. Nice. So that's pretty cool. And Reamersma63 just did the same thing too. So we've got a bunch of new subs coming in too. Oh, I'm going to go click to continue my sub, which I do for free. Sorry, I'm a cheapo, <laughs> but I, I do my Prime subscription for free. Um, yeah, so, so I'm going to do that. Before we get into the poll, I wanted to point out something to everybody. More great stuff. Wanted to point out something. Um, so one of our loyal viewers who we've known a long time, uh, Brody uh, Klitsch, Brody the Kid, uh, his family watches, big fans of theirs, and he wanted to, <laughs> he hey. wanted to do a... Um, Q and a with me for his blog, which is on bigleaguecards.com. So if any of you ever wanted to know how old I was when I started collecting, how I got into the business side of things, how Ivan ended up with the co-host job, a bunch of stuff, um, be sure to go to bigleaguecards.com slash blog and look for uh, Brody the Kid's blog. I just posted uh, it in the Twitch chat. And it's in the Twitch chat. Hey, Brody. Thanks again, buddy. All right, Ivan, take the poll away, my friend. What, what would you do if I did a box break on Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would Cards retire, flying I up everywhere. I, I, uh, I think you would prove that the show is all yours. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So getting back to Twitter.com slash live. our pinned tweet is our starter, our conversation starter 10 minutes in because we've had so much good catching up to do. Uh, Go GTS Live Q of the week poll. 369 votes before we've even brought it up. That is hot. That's getting some good engagement at the end of their careers. Which one of these young quarterbacks will have the most Super Bowl wins. Ooh. And the options are Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, or other the request for replying. Interesting. So interesting choices. First off for the young quarterbacks, uh, I say, because my response was other I'm in the my 9. response was other too, but Joe Burrow is running away with it right now. No recency bias at all. That's how everybody really feels. 3% of you drinking the Kool-Aid. I will say out of the three listed, he is the one who's knocking on the door. So he has a chance to get out ahead of the other two. Agreed. But I, I replied because I still look at, um, I still look at Pat Mahomes, Pat Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Jr. Mahomes is still a young quarterback. Yeah. This was only <sighs> his, his fourth season as a starter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, Check out some of our responses. Oz Sports Fan One says Lamar mm -hmm. because Brady said he's going to be great. Fair enough. Can't argue with Brady. Can you? Now, all of you, I'm sorry that said Justin Fields. I mean, he's a bear. So <laughs> that goes right out the window. Ouch. And I'm from Chicago. You guys know that. Josh Allen could have easily been on this poll. 
Mm-hmm. He's definitely shown some maturity and success as Absolutely. well as still being very young. Absolutely. Trey Lance getting some love. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Rodney Newell agreeing with me that it makes sense because Joey Buckets got the head start. Again, it does, except that he doesn't actually have a win while Mahomes does. Right. Um, of course, I couldn't go full Homer because my and that's Rams why I are didn't... in the Super Bowl with a <laughs> – yeah. 14th year quarterback. I didn't put Mahomes in there because it wouldn't have been fair as he has one versus anybody else. So it would have been like, I felt like a slightly, I didn't want to, I didn't think we'd skew Joe Burrow that much. I was really hoping other would certainly be out of single digits. Maybe by the end of this uh, show, we can get it there. It's at 9.5%, 369 people weighing in, plenty of time left. Some other interesting answers. Oh, Joe Raniak, you know I love you, brother. And I, there's there's something about me that really does like Baker Mayfield, but man, he's got to stop making some poor decisions. Poor decisions. Make some um, good, good commercials, though. Oh, he's so funny. His timing is really great. Yeah, definitely uh, plays it up and well. Then so. A couple people, including uh, uh, Robert G1313 and uh, JShove24, going Mac Jones, Mac Jones. So, if and if nothing else, this certainly pointed out and maybe served as a reminder a little bit just how many good young quarterbacks there are in the league. So pretty cool. But if you haven't weighed in already, please do so. It'll become important later, um, I think, right? Or no. Yes. Well, you still do that. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's a primer again. So we also kind of said it already, but hopefully from your initial retweets, we've got, oh yeah, looking at the numbers, we've gotten a lot of viewers just since y'all retweeted that. Um, So if you have not watched the show before, That's a little test because later on in the show, when we do our big giveaways, it's going to happen through Twitter. So even though you're watching on YouTube or Twitch or live stream, are you out there? Uh, If you're watching on one of those platforms, you do have to follow us on Twitter. The randomizer that we use has an easy little button I click every time. If you're not following us, you can't win. And uh, so this is a way to prime that and get you practiced at using Twitter while also watching the show. Beautiful. Thank you, Ivan. Um, As mentioned at the top of the hour, we have several hobby stories to discuss. So let's dive into it with a bunch of news notes and nuggets from around the web in this week's hobby happenings. Well, we start the evening off with a bit of a public service announcement based on an excellently written editorial on sportscollectorsdaily.com. It includes several points that really all collectors should remember and that new and returning collectors in particular should pay close attention to. And I absolutely echo the sentiment that the smartest, happiest collectors I know almost always make good choices. So that said, here's the list. Number one, not every card needs to be graded. Number two, not every money-making chance needs to be taken. Number three, not every product is going to be a huge winner. Number four, don't buy into the hype of a player who happens to have a couple of games. Uh, 
Okay. Number five, if you're not comfortable with or unsure of the provenance behind an alleged game worn item, <laughs> don't bid or buy. Man, I ran into that today. It was like, run. Number six, don't buy into a break run by people you wouldn't introduce to your mom. Yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> There's enough good breakers out there who you would. Exactly. No and to. don't do business with people you wouldn't patronize if you were buying something other than cards. Okay. Put it in that context. And finally, number eight, before spending a sizable amount of money with a company you haven't dealt with before, do some research. How do they present themselves online, on the phone? How long have they been doing what they've been doing? What do other collectors have to say about the company? I mean, at the end of the day, we are talking about pictures of men on cardboard. Life short. Don't get caught up in FOMO. And remember, it's supposed to be a hobby. And if you happen to make a little scratch along the way to feed your hobby purchases, great. And if not, that's perfectly okay too. I'd echo, we could go into every single one of those points with example after example, but that's what the Sports Collector's Daily article is for. So check out that editorial. Um, of course, use the chats to share your own experiences on those as we go on. But great article on Sports Collectors Daily. Be sure to check out the article for some more in-depth explanations there. Uh, I will say part of the impetus for the aforementioned editorial was an incident that hit the hobby a couple weeks ago related to PSA-approved group submitter Mark's cards. Ooh, it, yes. It, it seems that at some point last year, <laughs> Marks was apparently no longer paying its bill on the PSA submissions, and those orders, some completed, some not, remained stuck at PSA. Uh, PSA stated that Marks was in bankruptcy and says it is requesting detailed account information from the company. PSA plans to now return both graded and ungraded cards to customers who submitted through Marks. So PSA went on to issue a statement saying, as of yet, we have not received payment from Marks cards to grade the cards in our possession. And as a result of this incident, we will be making changes to our group submitter requirements, including a new order upfront deposit and more robust policies around late payments. We will also be requiring all group submitters to bring their accounts current in order to continue service with us. We ask for patience while we sort through this expensive and labor-intensive labor process, with the end goal being the return of cards to their rightful owners. Marx has also stated it's working with PSA in an effort to make amends as soon as possible. And... In their defense, they say that they got burned by customers who submitted cards to them, but then reneged on payment as market prices for certain cards dropped. So the continued lesson here is to be diligent when choosing who you do business with. And not every card needs to be graded. Poor PSA. Just when they pull me out or whatever that quote is. Anyway. 
in some brighter news, we have a new female sports card record. The first to ever hit six figures. This 1999 Sports Illustrated for Kids Serena Williams card graded in a PSA 10 sold for $117,000 through one of the most recent PWCC auctions and continues a trend of the growing popularity of women's sports and the collectors who love them. I would add to that some exciting news in women's sports this week, both uh, coming from the NWSL, a huge collective bargaining agreement, which is going to increase their uh, player support. And And the WNBA valuation, right? A billion dollars? Not only valuation, but that valuation came because of a $75 million investor infusion. Nice. So, again, if you're collecting those products – could be some good things on the horizon for them. Uh, and check out GoGTS.net's Breaking Barriers column for more information on female athletes and their cards. Sorry, I segue because I'm passionate about uh, some of those particular sports. Uh, oh, but now this next story and video you should all appreciate if you have any love of football or the rivalries that go on. A 49ers man cave in the heart of Packers territory? Yep. And it just might be one of the most 49er, most impressive 49ers collections or really any collections that we've seen. ABC 12 in Wisconsin shows it off. Check it out. In Packers Nation. I know I have 165 autographed jerseys. What's usually green and gold. Packers was never in my blood. Is all scarlet in Darren Gilbertson's basement. I call it the Niner Cave. Signed jerseys, full-size quarterback mannequins, a helmet chair, bar, and tons of memorabilia. I'm known as that Niner guy. Gilbertson's Niner's Cave is nothing you'd expect from someone born and raised in northwest Wisconsin. I became a Niner fan in 79. My sister used to live in San Mateo. Ever since I walked into Candlestick, I was a Niner fan from then on. Since the 90s, Gilbertson's grown his Niner cave into a full-out lair. He even knocked out a bedroom wall after his son moved out. He goes, well, it looks like I can't come back home anymore. I go, sure you can, but you got to sleep on the couch. Uh, What made you want to do all this? It's just my love for the team. I mean, I live and breathe 49ers. He's even got vanity plates on his red car and a dog named Frisco. Over the years, Gilbertson's been to about seven games in Green Bay. Lambeau is historic. It's a great place to be. It's a great place to take in the game. And the majority of the fans are awesome. He'll be at Lambeau Saturday. And though he admits Aaron Rodgers is due for a win, Gilbertson says his California team thrives in Wisconsin winters. Our team needs to run the ball, play good defense, We do have the X factor in Debo, and I think the Niners win by 10. That's my bold prediction. Caroline Reinwald, WISN 12 News. Hmm. Have you guys heard of Hobby Exchange? Well, it's apparently a new website that helps hobbyists locate cards for their collections by aggregating search results from a variety of popular secondary marketplaces, including eBay, Alt, CompC, MySlabs, and PWCC. Co-founder Zach Robbins says the plan is to add more auction companies in the near future. Check it out and let us know what you think. Genius idea. Hopefully we can have them on an interview. Uh, eBay is launching its own uh, authentication service, kind of. 
The currently free service is only available for ungraded cards with a listing price of $750 or higher. Here's eBay's description of how this authentication service works. Quote, when a service eligible trading card purchase is made, the seller ships it directly to a team of third party authenticators at Certified Collectibles Group, including its affiliates, CGC Trading Cards and Certified Sports Guarantee, CSG, for a comprehensive multi-point physical inspection. Following this rigorous assessment, the card is sent via expedited shipping to the buyer or seller. End quote. According to eBay's announcement last Tuesday, it will roll out authenticity guarantee service for trading cards as follows. Beginning now, single ungraded trading cards, including collectible card games, sports, and non-sports, sold for $750 plus in the U.S. will be authenticated. By mid-2022, the service will expand to include graded, autograph, and patch cards sold for $250 plus. And if you've searched eBay in the last few days, you'll see those cards that qualify already have a blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed right there on the listing. Well, some uh, shakeups in the hobby and people on the move. Chris Tanney, who was formerly the category manager for trading cards at eBay, where he spent 14 years, has joined the Loop team as the director of marketplace operations. Mm. In his new role, Tanny will be dedicated to optimizing the buyer and seller experience on the app. So congrats to Chris and the Loop team. Some other grading news, this time from SGC, who have responded to collector demand and announced that they are adding new service levels and lowering turnaround times. In a video posted on its Instagram channel, SGC president Peter Steinberg stated that it would be adding 10-day, $40, and a 5-day, $75 service levels while maintaining its current $30 price for its regular service. However, Turnaround time on the regular service is also being lowered from 45 to 50 days to 20 to 25 days, which more accurately reflects its current customer returns at this service level. SGC is also lowering the price. Whoa, wait, haven't heard of that in a while. <laughs> lowering the price of its one to three day expedited service from $250 to $125 wow. and knocking one day off of the turnaround time of that service also down to one to two days instead of one to three days. Those service levels are designed for higher value cards uh, under $1,500. Cards valued at under $3,500 can be graded in five days at $85. The grading cost for cards valued in excess of $3,500 will be priced according to their valuation and will receive that one to two day time frame. Additionally, SGC has been capturing high resolution images for all cards that it grades over the last 18 months. Those images were for internal purposes, but is now it's making them available for public consumption to view and verify online. Something nice. I'm sure all collectors can love and appreciate. Absolutely. Well, Sports Collectors Daily reports that Auction of Champions says it's planning to add a significant number of sports card auctions to its 2022 lineup. 
Known for large weekly autograph memorabilia auctions, the Arizona-based company has announced a 0% seller's commission on its trading card auctions that have a final bid price of over $200 and are in a no-reserve format for the remainder of 2022. Interesting. Any of you out there that are looking for work or a career change? Well, if you're still thinking about or actively looking for a career in the hobby, you're in luck as both Beckett and Golden Auctions are currently trying to fill multiple positions. Additionally, Check Out My Cards, or ComC, is recruiting for multiple IT positions. So you don't have to just, it's not just selling cards, there's IT positions available. Visit each company's social media channels or websites for more details and on where to apply. Well, the Tops Rip Party is scheduled for February 15th and features Ooh. several breakers getting a first-hand look at 2022 Top Series 1 Baseball the day before its release. Our own Ivan Lovegren will be on hand. Many participants are already selling spots in their breaks, including Dakota Gaming Supply, Cards Infinity, Bimer Breaks, Live Case Break, Mojo Break, and more. If you want to get in on the action with any of these companies, check them out online and also pay attention to top social account as more breakers are announced <sighs> exciting news here rob upper deck series one nhl hockey is finally expected to release sometime this month <laughs> despite not yet having a firm date we do have the young guns checklist which can be viewed on www.gogts.net Ooh, it's right there at the top. I love it. Um, but I'm not going to get distracted looking at the website to go check out my Quentin Byfield. I'm going to just announce it right here. It's highlighted by some marquee names, including Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens and goaltender Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers. Notably absent from the checklist is the aforementioned LA Kings future star, Quentin Byfield, who was selected with the second overall pick of the 2020 NHL entry draft. Byfield would have assuredly been included. However, he fractured his ankle in October. He made his NHL debut just last month on January 20th and is a lock to be the highlight of Series 2 when it releases later this month. Sad trombone, Ivan. We will be getting a first-hand look at famous Americans here in a few minutes from historic autographs, and you can actually score free blaster boxes. What? Yep, Historic Autographs is currently running an amazing deal on their website. For every $50 spent, collectors will receive a free blaster box of the company's latest product. That's right, not just with a $50 minimum purchase, but for every $50 spent. So if you, um, after you like how it looks, after we t uh, take a look at our box break, be sure to head over to their website to score yours for free. Starstock announced that they are pivoting their focus and will no longer be accepting submissions of raw cards as that aspect of the company's business was simply not profitable. Many in the hobby may have speculated that could be a sign of financial trouble for the company. CEO Scott Greenberg, however, appeared on the Sports Card Anonymous webcast to address some of the rumors generated by this announcement. While it's true the company laid off 33 people, the majority were involved in that same raw card submission process, according to Greenberg. 
Rumors claiming the company is close to bankruptcy were firmly denied, and Greenberg assured collectors that their vault marketplace is operational and that all cards currently in queue to be processed will be, and that the vault will remain functional as long as there are cards in it. Moving forward, the company is looking at ways to determine if there is a profitable model to resume raw card submissions, but emphasize that their focus will be on graded cards, sealed wax, breaking, NFTs, and new collectible categories. Next Gem, a social app built for high-end trading card enthusiasts, announced this week that it has raised $1.8 million in funding. The app uses AI technology to capture professional-grade images with smartphone cameras to showcase, often to locate, premium and high-grade sports cards. To date, 3,500 trading card collectors representing two billion dollars in assets have signed up for the service you see prior to next gem buyers had to scour auction histories on ebay and other sites in order to seek out more rare cards they wanted to add to their collection but we all know that high-end collectors often treat their card portfolios as investments that they might hold on to for four to five years NextGem says its mission is to reimagine the way people discover trading cards through its social platform. Users can publish their entire inventory, opening up the market to sought-after cards that are often very difficult to track down. This is something it will be interesting to pay attention to moving forward. The Mint Collective's Mint 25 auction by Leland's has featured some epic items, and it should be no surprise that this autographed 2000 championship contenders rookie card of Tom Brady sold for $1.23 million at the online auction this past weekend. Numbered 99 out of 100, it is one of the highest quality specimens to ever come to market, with only seven other cards graded higher. Incredible, and congrats to Leland's and the Mint Collective for hosting that incredible card. We do have some unfortunate crime news. Uh, it seems yet another hobby shop has been a victim, this time at gunpoint, and thank God no one was injured. SC Daily reports that a man walked into the Aloha card shop in Honolulu late Monday afternoon and held up employees and at least one customer at gunpoint while he emptied out a case of sports cards valued mm -hmm. around $30,000. K-H-O-N two news in honolulu has more an armed robbery in pucks alley has a small local business looking to beef up its security but this thief didn't go after money instead he went after something even more lucrative sports cards chrissy tamashiro has a story that's new at nine scary moments for employees at aloha card shop sunday after police say a thief walked in with a gun demanding these small but valuable items Employees were helping a customer when it happened. And he told us all to uh, put our hands up back and um, stand behind the counter and look away, don't look at him. Shocked by what they were seeing, employees stood there frozen while the thief went for the sports cards case. He walked over to our display and he, started, he opened it up and started taking cards. In a matter of minutes, the thief got away with a bag full of cards. I'm told was worth between twenty-five and thirty thousand dollars. It's actually crazy, like of all times, to um, for that to happen. It's uh, during Super Bowl. Like Super Bowl comes out. Like it's, it's coming up. Like really soon. 
and a lot of the quarterbacks and like popular players, good players, uh, were on that shelf. For Aloha Card Shop, it's not the first time the business has become a victim. We had a, a burglary before about five months ago when we first opened. Um, we used to have a vent over there in the wall and somebody kicked in and crawled through. After the first time, it was like, uh, just like mind-blowing, wow, that was crazy, I can't believe that even happened. But this is like a whole nother level. Police say no arrests have been made at this time. So we're just kind of reminding businesses to take those proactive steps in protecting yourself. And some of those things are just setting up a good surveillance system, something outside, setting up cameras, uh, provides a good visual deterrent. Uh, setting up signs. Beefing up security is exactly what Aloha Card Shop plans to do. We are going to install like a, a buzzer on the door where we can see the people outside before we let them in. For now, the business is just glad things didn't turn out worse. Of course, I'm worried about the like the cards, the, the, the monetary value, but above all, like, I don't want any of my friends, my family to get hurt. Anyone with information on this case is asked to call Honolulu Police. Chrissy Tom Shiro, if you're a fan of News, Darren, working for Hawaii. If you're a fan of Darren Ravel and have missed his sports card and collectibles show Buyer's Market, we have some good news. The show returned last night and is now sponsored by eBay. The 20 to 30 minute show streams live exclusively via Twitter broadcast. And Ravel's first guest was Leighton Sheldon of Vintage Breaks and Just Collect, talking about the red hot vintage card market. You can watch the recording on Twitter. And if any of you know how we can get access to Twitter broadcast through a multi channel, please let us know. Darren, you've got my email. Uh, before we get into Give this next little details. nugget, I did want to clarify something. I made an error about Quentin Byfield's debut. Uh, he did get in, um, what, some minutes in April last year. So, yeah, there's really no good excuse um, why he isn't. Well, so, I don't know. 88 we'll total to minutes. We don't know the exact criteria that. The yeah, NHL there's got to be. There's so. got to be some NHL rule or whatnot. So, um, we'll try to figure that out just means i'm like six to eight weeks out of buying hockey cards instead of two weeks yeah what we'll do is i want to get an answer to that when we break um series one so we'll try to get an answer for that um anyway back to other things card ladder is partnered with pwcc allowing both free and its paid users to um, use the shop page to view listings from PWCC's fixed price vault listings. This adds over 50,000 active listings to the card ladder shop and are all searchable using card ladders, filters and advanced query syntax. Try it out and let us know what you think. It seems that collectors unable or not wanting to make the long trek from Western Canada to attend the annual sports card expo now won't have to show organizers have announced a second show this year. Sorry, third show really that will happen in Edmonton on that side of the country scheduled for April 15th through cool. the 17th to complement the two Toronto shows that will happen this year. That's a big move. Good. For I that. love it. Sports Collectors Daily National, reports that a new. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Was I speaking? <laughs> no, I. Sports I'm sorry. Collectors I'm... Daily yeah. reports that a new book featuring the legendary collection of Arizona Diamondbacks manager, general partner, 
Ken Kendrick is scheduled to be released at this year's national. Kendrick has been an avid collector for years, curating a world-class collection of some of the hobby's most valuable cards. Titled the Diamondbacks Collection and subtitled 50 of the Greatest Cards in Sports Collecting History. In addition to showcasing the cards in a full-color coffee table-sized layout, the book will offer a comprehensive narrative about each player's personal and professional life, along with, obviously, an in-depth analysis of every card in the collection. Shifting from cards but staying in the collectibles realm, a sealed copy of the 1990 Sega Genesis game John Madden Football has sold through Heritage Auctions for roughly half a million dollars, $480,000, setting a world record for the most ever paid for a sports video game. Rob, if only you'd stashed a few of these back in the day, you wouldn't be looking to sell your Ripken collection for college Uh, tuition money. No kidding. (laughs) Um, Whether intentional or by mistake, it seems the print run for Topps Premier League lacrosse cards well exceeded the reported print-on-demand totals. Topps acknowledged this yesterday, saying, We apologize for the production error regarding pack odds and insert drop rates in the 2021 Premier Lacrosse League holiday preview set. To make this right for effective consumers, we will producing single card packs containing newly produced and exclusive base parallels numbered to 99 or less with all new color schemes. Affected consumers will receive one single card pack for each one pack they purchased. And goes on to say we are also working with our production team to ensure this type of error does not happen again. Single card packs are expected to ship within the next 30 days. We already covered one epic sale of Tom Brady's playoff contenders rookie ticket auto, and now comes word from eBay of a completed sale of another copy, this time nearly double the aforementioned sale with the final price tag for this card on eBay being a record-setting $2.3 million. That's the third highest price for a football card (laughs) ever and the highest ever for a trading card on the eBay platform. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. Um, Collectible announced that shareholders of the 2017 Panini Flawless Emerald Patrick Mahomes RPA overwhelmingly approved to accept a $115,000 buyout offer by a 70 to 30 margin. The sale price, which equates to $27.85 per share, represents a 38.25% return over the IPO price. Congrats to all that got in on that. In some huge hobby news, crossing over the physical and the digital, Sports Collectors Daily reports that a digital trading card of pro soccer sensation Erling Holland has sold on the so rare platform for over $678,000. This is the one of one card of Erling Holland. And we say card, but it can be used as part of the site's weekly NFT fantasy game that's based on actual matches with users competing online for prizes in cryptocurrency and in additional cards. 
it is the most ever paid for an NFT on the popular platform. Wow, that's incredible too. Well, when you buy a house, whether to flip it or to move in and make it a home, you never know what you'll find. Watch this. A hidden gem. That's the goal of buying a home that is a bit outdated or needs some work. And that's what the mom and son duo of Melissa and Luke Brote believed they had when they bought a late 60s Boise home from the original owner. They had no idea, though, how hidden their gem would be or what to do with it now. In a hot housing market, it can be hard to find something cool. Yeah, that works a lot better than the other one, probably. Sometimes, it takes a little work. Well, it's been really exciting to actually get hands-on and be tearing stuff out of the floor. The Broats bought this Boise bench home about a month ago. This is the, actually the first house that my family had the opportunity of buying, so. The goal, to gut it, to clean it, and. Build it all back up again. About three weeks in, the cool part revealed itself. There were. Uh, when one of the back bedrooms. Exterior shingles, I think, as a creative idea. Kind of threw them a curveball. And then they were painted this dark green. So for three weeks, I've been fretting about what might be under those shingles. My mom started and she screamed from the other room and hollered. And I came in running, hoping there was not mold. And Can you believe that? I was delightfully surprised there was not mold. And uh, I was surprised, shocked, confused. I wasn't sure what I was looking at until we continued to pull down the shingles. And found this wall of fame. Well, it is a wall, just not necessarily of fame. I mean, no offense, Dave Revering, Jack Lazorko, and Dan Schnatzetter, but if you need a Tom Needon viewer, about 1,600 two and a half by three and a half inch side-by-side -side baseball cards. We've got uh, Eric King, Dave Meads, Darnell Coles. With names and faces that certainly aren't very sentimental to Luke either. I probably could say I watched half of a baseball game in my entire life. For every Greg Maddox or Kirk Gibson, there's a dozen Willie Hernandez's and Jim Ackers cornered by Bob Horner. At one point, probably worth some value on their team, just not on this wall. I've looked up a few, haven't gotten lucky yet. They obviously meant something to someone at some point, more than just major league history. I wonder if the kid put it up or the mom put it up. This wall held some mystery. To be fair, it was probably my mom's idea, but I was definitely not going to say no. Meet Chris Nelson. I was born in 1977. I, I lived there until, I think, late 90s. So that is, that's the wall. Yep. Oh, so wild. When Chris was still a kid. Yeah, 88 or 89 sounds about right. Just remember like going through them and sorting them. And he became obsessed with baseball. And so I had just a ridiculous amount of baseball cards. I would say 10 or 15,000 ballpark. Like me and my buddies, that was the only thing we spent our money on. We just had all these cards and my mom was like, well, why don't we do this? And I was game. So we spent a weekend gluing baseball cards to the wall. Just a weekend? Yeah, it only took about a weekend, yeah. It was me and her and my dad all doing it. And they were the focal point of his room for about five years longer than the bucolic careers of Louis Meadows and Bruce Fields. And then shingles. And then shingles. Why shingles? Um, it just, I think at, the, at that point, my parents figured it was the easiest way to cover them up. So that covers the who and the how, 
What about the what now? I don't know. Guess we'll just have to figure that out. Um, I'd be open to ideas. I'm not sure what is next. As for Chris, he's okay with the wall remaining just a memory, a recollection of his collection. I've lived more than half my life without a wall covered with baseball cards. And not a barrier to the Broats making their own memories here. Just kind of, you know, whatever makes them happy to, to do with it. Not that they need to decide right away. Yeah, we have plenty of other work to be doing. Chris's parents both passed away within the last couple of years, and the Broats bought the house in an estate sale. And they are kind of running out of time because we spoke with Melissa today, and she tells us while they want to return the house to its mid-century glory days with a few modern upgrades, they kind of want to know what to do with this wall. It's been a couple of weeks since we met Melissa and Luke, and they still have not decided what to do with that wall. They tell us they'd be happy for someone to come in and take it, preserve it as it is. Otherwise, they're going to plan to tear it out and just replace it. Ideas? You know what to do. Text them to us. And that's a look at this week's Javi Happenings. Um, there's love- only really one thing I want to unpack, and that's that Quentin Binefield. And it's not because I made a mistake in doing my research for it. I mean, I, I, we got to find, there has to be a reason, especially, especially because there was an extended series of all things last year. And you would have thought that to push that, having that never been a product before that they would have included them in that, but they didn't as uh, a young gun. And then to not, so there's gotta be some little known rule that like, call-ups after a specific date or with less than X amount of ice time. So there's gotta be, there's gotta be a reason. And now it's just going to bug me until I can get a hold of Chris Carlin. Well, I will say, remember his, his call-up was at least like, I can at least see the extended series because his call-up was not until April 28th. So that's pretty late in the season. It is very late, right? Um, I can't find the exact release date. On when that. did I've we get, to search, I was going to say, when did that come out? I mean, it seems like I hate well, that I, so many websites take off the release date once the product is live. It out. Like, I know. Yeah, leave I it know. on there. It helps everybody. It helps everybody. Uh, August August of twenty twenty one. August. But if you think April to, April to oh, end of April to there's August, there's no way they could have yeah. gotten them in. So that at least no way makes they, sense. Okay, that makes sense on that one. So now we're back to there's got to be some little rule that we're not aware of next up you know we don't often talk tcgs on this show but i caught a video that was pretty interesting and it kind of killed two birds with one stone um a high-end tcg collector visited bgs in person uh to get some a couple rare cards couple cards he was looking to get re-slabbed and so we talk about the process this is part one of that video check this out we'll be right back update the poll question and hit hot in the shop today you're going to learn a little bit more about grading and i actually have a personal experience with beckett that i wanted to share with you we wanted to go to beckett 
and actually grade them in person. We actually even got inspired by one of our friends, Alex Hodges. So there's a little bit of a backstory on some of the cards that we sent. We actually had these two Weiss Schwartz cards from the Batman Ninja set. Now, you might even see some of them behind me. I actually have one of the graded ones here. I'm not going to share it with you yet. That would spoil the fun. I've enjoyed Batman since I was a kid, so I actually even have a personal connection to why I wanted to go take those to Beckett. And Weiss cards are kind of in their infancy for grading, so being one of the first people to do that with this set specifically was also somewhat enticing. Another card was a Mothman from the first edition MetaZoo Cryptid nation set i've actually opened up a few boxes and never got an actual mothman hollow so felt it was good to get one of those since it's such a hot set and honestly who knows where metazoo's gonna go in the future the other two cards we had were actually ones that we were gonna cross over from two different other grading companies we went to psa and we went with cgc the first one is a uh, card ass checklist card from the original vending series in japan for Pokemon. This card is one of the rarest of that set, and it's honestly one of my favorite cards I own. We sent that checklist card to PSA, assuming it was gonna get something relatively high. So, to my surprise, it came back and it was a six. I wanna see the subgrades with Beckett. That's something that they provide and something that is valuable as a collector. And um, if you're trying to invest or you know sell the cards or anything like that, it's very important to get as much information as you can get. So the other one is just a Pikachu VMAX that we actually went through CGC. CGC did the subgrades and their subgrades were two tens and two nine fives. There's always that gray area with graders. So what I wanted to do is see if maybe we can get one more 10 on that subgrade, get that pristine 10 on that Pikachu. That's a personal card that I really like and my kids like. If you're trying to flip it, spending all the money on grading on a $20 card or something might not be the best idea in terms of an investment. But you spend your money the way you want on the things that you love. The experience was really, really cool. I went with my wife and kids, it was really fun. They got to enjoy the experience with dad while he talked to Ian. Ian McDeary's is one of the TCG experts there at Beckett. I talked to him a little bit and he kind of explained the crossover process and the grading process that Beckett has. These Weiss cards look so cool. Like I'm pretty privy to the trial deck cards just for how rare they are because it's you know it's like one in every like 40 trial decks oh, or something yeah. insane. Like they're really hard to come by. Like all Weiss cards, they have a really good shot. I mean, they Bushy Red does such a good job with their quality control. Definitely high grade potential for sure from what I've seen. So I've got these two crossovers. One, this was so close to a 10, I thought it was worth it to have you guys look at. Right. Like how is there not a bias when you already right. see these numbers here? How do you not just assume it's that one? As far as when we approach these cards, so we're gonna approach them like they are a raw card and try and be as unbiased towards what the grade is. You see those grades and it's it's kind of hard not to just be like, oh, hey, like yeah. here's a 9.5. In in the case of the your PSA six here, so for us, what the way we'll approach it is we're gonna see, okay, it's a six. 
first we're going to go looking, why is this a six? What's the issue with this card? If we don't see anything, then it's potential, obviously, to go up. Since every company is a little different on their our grading yeah. scale, what may be a six for PSA could either be a seven for us or a five for us. It's, it's all going to be in that subjective category at that point. And then similar concept with the CGC, looking for the, you know, nine, or why this surface got a nine five, why the centering is a nine five. The importance of approaching with like a higher grade card, they, we do have a certain Beckett standard in place. Um, so normally our nine fives are gem mints and tens for us are also pristine. So we're also gonna look at this um, and make sure that their tens are gonna line up with ours. All right, there so is- we'll check out the rest of that video after Hot in the Shop when Ivan's pulling all of tonight's winners. But uh, let us update that yeah, <laughs> poll question. Wow. 570 people weighing Ooh. in. We got other over double in, digits uh, uh, into double digits. Yes. Joe Burrow still uh, going chalk 60.4. Uh, Jake Rattler. Mm, okay. Uh, let's see who else we've got. Na, 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 na. Justin Brody, the kid, Justin Fields. Come on. Homer. Ah. <laughs> That was already already <sighs> shot down. Lamar Jackson again. Another Matt Joneser. Um. All right. Okay. So thank you to everybody who weighed in. You still got a little bit of time. No. Oh, ending soon. I think I'm very confused by Twitter polls sometimes because I know there's time left. Maybe not. I think I ran that for to run two hours but now ivan you did say cliffhanger but we didn't make people wait too long yeah uh, as we head back to bgs headquarters while you pull 13 winners and two rollovers according to my calculations does that sound right that sounds right to my my list numbers all right let's do it we'll be right back to announce the winners and wrap it up is a, a chance that your grade could be lower. Like we may see something that they maybe didn't catch and it could actually be a nine versus a 10 kind of thing. There is a, a bit of a safety valve on that. So when you submit to us, you can always put minimum grades. If you submit this and you're like, I want a BGS 10. If you want to do something like that, you have to crack it out on your own and then it's at your own risk. But for this current grade, yeah, you can say I want a minimum grade nine five to like balance it. And then we'll see if it follows along our uh, what we consider in our standards. Okay. For one, you didn't know why this card got a six, so right. this gives you that clarity, a little bit more peace of mind. We'll be able to provide subgrades for you, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, if there is an issue, this is what it was, Yeah. kind of thing. And then on this one, since, like we were talking about, yeah, it is so close to being a potential 10, just having that extra shot at getting, you know, a potentially higher grade brings a lot of value. As a collector, like imagine yourself walking in with a card that you love, going in to a place that has so much history. Regardless of what you think about the collectors, regardless of whether you think about subgrading or grading in general, it's like kind of walking into Yankee Stadium, but for the card world. It's a really cool experience. And we're really grateful to be able to do that. Obviously, I also want to know the grades. So Ian brings in the box. We open it up. Just a cool experience to do that in their offices. So I will start with the Mothman first. We got a nine on that Mothman. So you have to think about how many different factors go into eBay. Somebody pulls something, they say it's clean. They might not have a whole lot of information on that, but it still came back a nine. So whether they got it from a third party or they got it themselves, we still got a relatively high grade. You want to know what those Batman cards are? That was my biggest thing i'm like all the cards we got these were the biggest things this is more personal we pulled the batman auto from one box that we purchased on ebay so one box 
I honestly uh, will I'll open it for you. <laughs> oh! 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 That is, is that a signature? Dude! I think it's like four or five hundred dollars raw right now. I know in the Weiss community a lot of it is focused on actually playing the game versus the collector space, but I know that the collector space seems to be growing. But regardless of that, I want it graded just because I love the card and I love Batman. So that first one, we got a 9-5, which again, I think the pop, very low pop report, I'll put it up on the screen because uh, it's going to be different. But at that time, I think there was only the second one that was actually graded a 9.5. So we're really excited about that. The biggest thing of all of this was the card that I actually showed you earlier was this guy. That is a BGS 10. This was the only one of these cards actually graded, period. No one through nine fives, only card actually graded. If you had the only BGS 10 Charizard, you'd be pretty excited about it too. Now, between that and the time that I'm recording now, there has been one other 10 of this pulled. Let's talk about the two crossovers now. The first crossover was that Pokemon card-ass card. That came back a 7-5, and you can clearly see the surface is what dinged it, but the rest of that card is really, really high. I uh, encourage you all, when you're gonna start like grading and stuff, look at certain aspects of this. So where I messed up before when I sent it to PSA was missing that little surface thing. So I might have really just overlooked it because I wanted it to be good. So you always gotta make sure that it's not just what you want, but what it actually is. So the other thing that was even interesting and actually really cool was that Pikachu came back a 10. Subjectivity on grades is big. That's why they have crossovers. That's why sometimes you can be Logan Paul and get a BGS 10 Charizard. So overall, my experience with Beckett was a very positive one. You don't have to go in there again expecting, I'm gonna get two black labels. If you're trying to get a black label Beckett, everything's gotta be a 10. Like I said, this has 195 on it, still a 10. Like a black label 10 is what everybody is chasing. Weiss cards have better print runs and have better chances of getting high grades like this. I went in there for the experience. I wanted to walk into such a historical place and share that with you. The grades are great, but the fact that just going into Beckett, meeting people that work there, getting to walk in with my cards and walk out with them graded is an experience that I'm gonna remember for a long time. Hope you had a good time hearing about my experience and I hope you can have an experience like that as well. Drop a comment, obviously, if you have any thoughts or questions about the process. Just make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that little notification bell so hopefully you actually see my videos when they pop up and we will see you in the next video. Nice. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show. Thank you to Kevin Hefner at Historic Autographs, Emily Kless at Tops, Scott Prusha at Panini America for sending out prizing for tonight's episode. Thanks to James Gale behind the scene, keeping things running smoothly. And always my partner in crime, Ivan Lovegren. Uh, we'll be back next week to do it all over again, but you know what to be doing in the meantime, always be collecting. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye.